I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee, Executive Editor and Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with David Sigula, Senior Cybersecurity Analyst at Cybel Angel, who recently led a research study examining how attackers seek and obtain credentials, third-party access for fraud and ransomware attacks in the healthcare sector. So, David, I understand that your research team recently examined hacking incidents on French hospitals. Please briefly describe what your study looked at, what sorts of attacks, and how you assessed the criminal methods. We were actually working on a recent ransomware spree targeting French hospitals, and we were wondering if we could find any clue on cyber criminal forums that could have helped us identify that these specific hospitals were targeted. And in the end, we came up with this study where we, we, we saw that a lot of French data French medical data regarding patients and also staff, hospital staff, were being exchanged currently on this, uh, on this very dark web forum. So that, that was very interesting for us to, to find out. David, what were some of the key findings? And even though you examined hospitals in France, what are the trends globally in healthcare right now? Do they sort of match up with what you saw in France? Yeah, actually, the very interesting thing is that right now, France and U.S. hospitals and medical centers overall are really targeted by cyber criminals worldwide. We're not sure why France and U.S. especially, and of course other countries are targeted too, but right now it's more about France and the U.S. So what we were looking for, of course we are, we are based in France and we have some interests uh, in French hospitals, so we really concentrated the discoveries on France but it also concerned other countries. And what we found was that, yes, a lot of data was exchanged. We're not even sure how these people get access to this data at first, but these days you, you probably heard that half a million French patient records leaked on the dark web for free. And that's the kind of data that we identified while we were doing our research. So it was very fortunate, if I may say. David, what role did open exposed databases play in the incidents that you examined? The data that we are talking about, the half a million patient, and also there is another one that I didn't mention, but we identified someone who was selling 50,000 credentials of professionals, hospital professionals for a, a professional platform. Both of them were not found on unprotected database. So this means that this data was acquired through hacking, for example. But of course, we also uh, pay close attention to unprotected devices and protected database because that's the core of what CyberLangel does. And we regularly identify this kind of data that is left unexposed. You know, we have, we have a lot of clients in the healthcare sector, very, very wide sector, and we, we often find either patient data, but also more confidential files regarding, for example, vaccines or marketing stuff and, and lots of different other documents that are sensitive and that could be sold quite expensively on the dark web by cyber criminals. 
Now, David, you mentioned that there were 50,000 or more credentials recently discovered belonging to healthcare professionals in France that were found for sale on the dark web. How are these attackers getting this information? How are they getting into these systems and stealing these credentials? There are actually several ways. In this case, this cannot be just a compilation. And I, I can't imagine that the actor targeted for example, with phishing, all these professionals one by one. So I would say, and although they don't specify how it was acquired, I would say that something, any third party was hacked and this data was retrieved from the servers of the third party. So hacking, that's the first step. You have actors who scan the internet like us somehow, but they really try to get into networks, into corporate networks. And most of the time, they don't really target anything. They just do it. And sometimes they do something that works and they are able to retrieve documents from something. And it appears that sometimes uh, these documents are very interesting and maybe may concern one particular sector. So in this case, we're talking about the healthcare sector, but every day on cyber criminals forums, uh, you find a lot of people selling a wide variety of sensitive documents of actually a lot of different sectors. What about credential stuffing? What sorts of attacks do you see involving that? That's also very interesting too, because there is a huge market for credentials on, on dark web forums. And what you need to realize that whenever one of your credentials is being leaked by a, a cyber criminal, then somehow it's over. Once the cyber criminal has your email and your password, even though you change your password, they may still be able to hack into a lot of different of your accounts because you may use the same routine uh, of passwords or, you know, for example, you just change a letter or change a number inside or you, you have a routine that's uses always the same characters, for example. So that's the way to use it. They also know that people regularly have three, maybe four different passwords. And in the case that you have different leaks where your data is exposed, they just retrieve all your common passwords and they try it one by one associated with your email address. Or sometimes they just guess, that's called brute forcing, and then try thousands of connections with your email and then they just try to guess the password and hopefully your password is not complicated enough so that it it belongs in the end in a dictionary of the top 1 billion passwords people use. So that's how credential stuffing is made. And whenever the hackers break into one of your accounts, they may be able to retrieve a lot of data that may be sensitive depending on the access they, they succeeded in, in breaching. But again, most of the time, you're not especially targeted. So they're just going to try random services, such as even Facebook, Amazon, or Dropbox, or whatever. And when they identify some very interesting platform, such as Dropbox, because it could hold documents, then they have digital gold within their hands. And that's, how, that's when it really becomes sensitive, because more than the human being who is targeted, they are able to retrieve documents that can be harmful for 
other people too. Any suggestions on how healthcare entities can bolster their identity and access management technologies or processes or best practices that could help alleviate some of these issues that we're seeing with the credential stealing and stuffing? Yes, well, on an individual point of view, everyone should have a lot of different passwords, of course. Password managers can help. So that, that's a good thing if you don't wish to remember a, a very long and complex password because, of course, you need theoretically one password for one account. So that's the first step. Really pay attention to your passwords. You also need to pay attention to the emails you receive because there is a lot of phishing, a lot of spam emails that are very malicious and you don't always realize it, but you may be the top entry point to a malware, a software that steals all of the, the credentials within the network because you, you just misclicked and it, it's very stealthy. You know, you don't realize it until it's too late. So that's the second point. And then on, on a more global network level and, and to bring back the unprotected uh, database thing, you really need to pay attention to your network, because there may be a lot of entry points. We talked about spam phishing, that's one entry point. But sometimes malicious actors can also just come in because, again, you don't necessarily realize it, but you have a web platform that allows anyone to connect because it lacks a login portal, or you can have people just getting documents from your file servers because the file servers are not protected well enough and they allow anyone uh, with guest access to login and to retrieve all the documents. So that's exactly uh, what we do at Cyber Angel. Among other things, we are able to detect all these unprotected file servers database and we are able to tell our clients, okay, we found this, this shouldn't be exposed in the wild, so you should secure it. And most of the times, unfortunately, it's not even within the network of the client itself, but uh, from a third party. So that's a, four, a fourth thing to take into account. Pay attention to your close parties because you, you may sometimes send very sensitive information to them. And unfortunately, they may not secure well their networks and they may be the source of the leakage. And along those lines, David, what about network attached storage and other capacity devices? What role did these devices play in the incidents you examined? And then what about other IoT sorts of devices like medical devices? How did this all fall into what you found? When I talk about a file server, that actually I'm talking about all these NAS, all this network attached storage. And thing is, sometimes you just buy NAS from a shop and either the software is not well written, so it allows anyone to log in without any password, or sometimes it's just the configuration of the network. That's something we often see. You have a perfectly secure network, even though you have a lot of things connected, it's complex, you have NAS, you have printers, you have workstations, you have a lot of things, but then you add one device, which is just too many, and it breaks all the security that you put in place. And this is actually a case we see quite often because of intercommunication of processes, so which is a, an, an IT theoretical thing. You just break the security because things have to work 
uh, with each other. They have to be easy. They, sometimes they just break the security by exposing a guest access for devices within the network, but also from the outside of the network. So this is something you also need to be careful with. And talking about uh, IoT devices, so again, it can be because the network itself is not well protected, but also because the software is not properly written or the security settings have not been set up. And th that reminds me of uh, a study we made a few months ago when we showed that there were a lot of uh, medical imaging equipments called the modalities, DICOM modalities, who were actually reachable over the internet without any need for a, a password, a login screen or whatever, because that's just the way they are built. And even though you can add protection on these devices, it's very complicated and somehow it should be the network itself, which is protected and not the device alone in its corner. So there, there are a lot of things to take into account. And unfortunately, as years go by, the networks are more and more complicated you have a lot of things to think of. And we know that, unfortunately, medical centers, hospitals are not always very well tooled when it comes to uh, managing security because they lack resources, they lack technologies to put in place very good security. And then your network may just be broken because there is one device that doesn't respect the security or because one person in the staff is not educated well enough and lets the network open to a malware. And finally, David, any predictions about how these sorts of incidents are morphing, evolving, and any particular steps that the healthcare sector needs to be taking now to sort of avoid those potential situations? I'm curious myself to see how things are going to evolve because every year we think that we've reached the limits, but then the year after things evolve very, very fast. So. For example, two years ago, we, we wouldn't even think that hospitals could be the victim of, of ransomware attacks. But today, two years later, not only hospitals are victims of ransomware attacks, but also their data can be sold on dark web forums. So I wouldn't even know what to expect next because somehow I guess we've reached the limits, but then we are always surprised by what comes next. Thanks, David. I've been speaking to David Sigulda. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.